Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 21st of September. Good to have you aboard. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network, presented as always by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, title sponsor of everything Zaslow Show 2.0. From day number one, the best accident attorneys right there, the only personal injury attorneys I'm ever going to have you call. Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-FREE, 800-747-3733. Good to have you here with us on a Thursday as week three of the NFL tonight. That's right, we got Giants, we got 49ers, NFL week three gets going tonight. We are just three more sleeps away from Dolphins, Broncos, most importantly, Dolphins home opener. You got Canes in Temple this weekend. We got Damian Lillard rumors heating up. 
There's a lot happening here today on Zaslow Show 2.0. And of course, everybody knows we welcomed aboard Bet Online a few days ago, and that's because football is back. And Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, the spreads, the totals from all your NFL and college football games. It's at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From the start of the season, all the way through the college football playoff and the Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action on Bet Online. And remember, use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online. Where the game starts. And of course, tonight, with Giants and 49ers, you got the Niners, who are a, excuse me, 10 and a half point favorite. That's on Prime tonight. Now, I do want to let everybody know, we got some fun news to share. How about this? Tonight, I'm back on ESPN Radio tonight. That's right. So we'll have the game on. I'll be doing the show. I'm on ESPN Radio tonight. I am hosting from 7 to 10. I am hosting on Amber and Ian and my co-host tonight, Amber Wilson. That's right. Amber and I back together again. It's not Zazzle on Amber. That show used to be on 7-9 Ticket. That show doesn't exist anymore. This is Amber and Ian. I'm filling in. And Amber, obviously, first chair. I am super pumped to be filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. I did the show last week. I filled in on Amber and Ian. But Amber was out. Well, tonight, Amber's in. So, back together again with my homegirl, Amber Wilson. I'm super excited tonight. I hope you all can tune in. ESPN, uh, the ESPN app, you can get ESPN Radio. You can, I, I think it might be on locally on ESPN 106.3 in West Palm. I'm not 100% sure what their local schedule is in the evenings. But obviously, Sirius XM, Channel 80, you can always listen there. And yeah, tonight, 7 to 10 p.m., Amber and Ian, I'm filling in tonight for Ian Fitzsimmons. So after two years, it was it was about this time, two years ago, that Amber left the show. So two years later, we get to do the show together, and it's on ESPN Radio. So I'm really pumped up to be working with Amber again tonight. I love doing these shows on ESPN Radio. I'm super grateful to everyone who's been really nice and welcoming and makes the whole and makes the shows easy. And uh, my, my obviously, you know, one of the big goals is to work with Amber again every now and then. And so I get to do that tonight. So Amber and Ian tonight, 7 to 10 p.m. ESPN Radio. I hope you tune in and listen. Maybe you're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 in the afternoon. And then by the time you get done listening, oh man, it's almost 7 o'clock. I could put on ESPN Radio. I'm going to listen to Amber and Ian with Zaslow filling in. So Amber driving the show. That will be fun. That would be different. Obviously, Amber drives the show. It was always Zaslow and Amber. I drove the show. I sit in the big boy chair. But tonight, Amber, and every night from 7 to 10 p.m., she sits in the big boy chair. So that'll be fun. That'll be different. And I'm just really, really excited to work with Amber again tonight. So 7 to 10 p.m. tonight. I really hope you guys tune in. All right. So speaking of 
Speaking of some of the top girls, Amber's top girl. Speaking of some of the top girls that are in sports media, Trista Crick. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Trista Crick. I really think she's like the next big female sports media star. And Trista Crick, uh, you know, hosts BetMGM every night on the Odyssey Network. And she's on WFAN on the weekends. She's a guest on, on Zaslow's show 2.0 often enough. Good girl, all right? We've become friends. And she has the Miami Heat fan all kinds of upset. Trista Crick has the Miami Heat fan all over Twitter all kinds of angry. So we know over the last few days that Damian Lillard chatter has picked up again. The Damian Lillard talk has picked up again. Now, why is that? Well, there's a couple reasons. Number one, the biggest reason, we're less than two weeks away from NBA training camps opening up again. And we all know how awkward that's going to be if not only Damian Lillard has to be in camp with the Blazers, now he'll be professional, but also everyone's got to answer questions about Lillard. Instead of getting ready for the season, instead of building around Scoot Henderson and these young guys, Shaden Sharp, you know, the, the this, this Damian Lillard cloud hangs over the franchise. So that's obviously one reason that the Lillard talk has heated up again. Because there's almost like a deadline with training camp on the horizon. But also, you got the Blazers now again putting out the fake rumors. You got the Blazers out there again throwing the the mystery teams out there. Because the Blazers want to get this chatter going to try and get the Heat scared that there's going to be another offer out there. And the Miami Heat, you better offer more or we're going to wind up taking another offer out there. I got news for you. There are no other offers. There's nothing else out there. Otherwise, we would know the actual teams and we would likely know the package that was being offered because the Blazers would leak that information. But there is no other team. There's a mystery team. That's why you had Mark Spears the other day on ESPN on the NBA Today say he thinks there's another, he thinks he knows who the other team can be, the mystery team, but he's not yet ready to say it. That's because he hasn't been able to confirm it. He's a reporter. He, he knows how it goes. He's got to confirm it. And he hasn't been able to confirm it because there's not another team out there. The Blazers wish there was another team. The Blazers would like the Miami Heat to believe there's another team, but there's no other team out there. That's the reality of it. And the reality also is the Blazers are going to be best off taking whatever offer the Miami Heat are making. Otherwise, you're bringing Damian Lillard back to camp and that is a mess. But on top of it, you have the Blazer fans who are all kinds of angry. You got the you got uh, uh, fans of rival teams who hate the Heat. They they think no no you can't trade to the Heat. Heat's offer shit. Blah blah blah. Even though there's no other offer. And then you got my friend Trista Crick who is out there, and she's got the Heat fan all kinds of upset. So this is Trista Crick from yesterday. There's two clips here that I'm going to play for you. This first clip, clip from Trista, this is, you know, she makes these like TikTok, uh, Instagram kind of posts. She's, she's real good at that stuff. I, I don't know how any of that stuff works. But she, make, she puts out these like TikTok kind of posts, you know, and, and gives her thoughts on the big stories of the day and what have you. So here she is. She is calling out Miami reporters. Specifically, she's calling out Barry Jackson, who, who I think she's got a history with. So 
Here is Trista essentially saying that Barry Jackson is doing Let's Make Stuff Up. This is the shining light of desperation and nasty work. Damian Lillard is expected to request a trade to the Miami Heat if he gets traded to another team at Florida Sports Buzz. I'm guessing that's Barry Jackson. Let's click and see. There he is. Good old Barry Jackson doing the Lord's work, doing Pat Riley's water carrying. Barry, you're desperate, okay? You have nothing without Damian Lillard and you know it. We don't want any of these raspy ass picks out into 202070 and we don't want Tyler Heroes. Stop saying Damian Lillard's gonna ask for a trade to the Heat if he goes to Oklahoma City. Stop saying he's gonna ask to go to the Heat if he goes to San Antonio or Utah or New York or somewhere else. Stop doing it. And no longer Adrian Wojnarowski, who's the biggest shill of the NBA. We've got Barry Jackson. And of course, on the other side, carrying Dame's water some more. We've got Aaron. All I do is talk to Dame's agent, Fentress. You guys are pathetic. Can anybody speak the truth anymore without them getting straight blocked or unfollowed by the athlete that they're talking about? Guess not. Now, Trista's got a history with Barry Jackson. She's going to pick on him any chance that she can get. Now, there is, but I will say, Barry Jackson's an excellent reporter. The best we have down here. But in, in overall, I don't think any of these guys know anything. I think... Everyone, from whatever angle they're coming from, is holding water for someone. You know, you got Heat Media who are getting their information from the Heat. They want to, if the Heat are giving anything out, because they're super secretive. But if they do give information, they want a certain message out there. You you have Lillard's camp. That's Chris Haynes. You know, he gets his information from Lillard's camp. You got... Woj, and it seems like Sham Sharania does also. You got Wojnarowski, who is absolutely getting his information from the Portland Trailblazers and Joe Cronin. He's doing their bidding. Nobody knows anything. I mean, seriously. Look at where we are right now. We're at the end of September, and nothing has happened yet. None of these reporters know anything. Unfortunately, as fans... We're just going to have to sit, you know, holding our you-know-what in our hand and wait for this thing to commence. Because nobody out there, and we like getting all the salacious, you know, rumors and sources and blah, blah, blah. Nobody knows anything. That's just the fact of the matter. Now, then Trista throws this out there. Again, you can hear Trista's podcast. I'm a regular listener. He check with Trista, Trista Crick. It's available wherever you get your podcast. It's not about the Miami Heat, even though it's called Heat Check. It's about, it's NBA. It's basketball, right? Heat Check with Chris Crick on, on wherever you get your podcast. And here, now, let me preface this with, Chris Crick is from Portland. I don't know that she's necessarily an active Blazer fan anymore, but she's from Portland and is allowed to have certain type of feelings about what's going on with Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. And here is Trista on what she wants to or doesn't want to happen with Damian Lillard. I actually am rooting for Dame to never win a ring. 
because that's just what it is. I don't want him to go and find that happiness anywhere else. Uh, He can find professional happiness in a new grind, but I do not want to see the Miami Heat and Pat Riley and rafters and streamers and Jimmy Butler finally end up. I do not want to see that at all. That would make me sad. I wish him all the best in his future endeavors, but not a ring. Bring on Scoot and Shaden, and we'll see what happens next. That's the end of the Dame saga. I'm tired of these folks. Can we just get the trade done with, over with? Like, send them to San Antonio. Okay, so that's especially the clip that got everybody riled up. And Again, it's like, rooting for Dame to never win a ring, doesn't want him to be happy somewhere else. Although, although the end, Tristan did say, I, I hope he's happy wherever he goes. But the point is, she doesn't want him to win. That's the point. She doesn't want him to go to Miami. Doesn't want Riley, Bam, Jimmy. Do- doesn't want there to be confetti and streamers and all that stuff. She doesn't want him to win at, at you know, wherever else he goes. Okay, fine. And that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Because it's like, oh, he, 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 did, he gave everything he can for your franchise. What are you talking about? He's, He's been a model citizen, which, of course, yes, seems like one of the best dudes in the NBA. That's true. I like I was like, don't the Blazers owe it to him to send him somewhere that he wants to go? No. That's what the money's for. All they owe him is the money they guarantee him on his contract. They don't owe him anything else after that. Matter of fact, you would say, I mean, Damian Lillard, we gave you hundreds of millions of dollars don't don't you think you owe us the championship? He didn't deliver. He didn't give it. Like it can go both ways. The only thing that Damian Lillard owes the Portland Trailblazers is to play super hard every night. And the only thing the Portland Trailblazers owe Damian Lillard is the money on his contract. All right. Now, my man Steven on Twitter, super cool Steve at super cool Steve. He sent me. He he alerted me to Trista's comments because everybody knows Trista's my friend. <coughs> Anyway, Zazla, you go tripping. All right. And, and I said to him, I go, I'd feel the exact same way if I were her or any Trailblazer fan. And so I'll get a response like this from a uh, from man, BT. If you had a superstar, and you could always tweet me, by the way, at Zazla Show on Twitter. If you had a superstar or star player who's played over 10 years for a franchise... And that franchise has done nothing to help build around you except mid-level players. Well, hold on. I would say, like, the idea that they've done nothing to build around him. They had LaMarcus Aldridge forever, who is a really good player. But besides that part, it's not like it's so easy to win a championship. It's certainly not easy to get players to sign free agent contracts in Portland. You got to be able to draft super well. And it's, it's not every great players. I feel like... I feel like NBA fans, they feel like it's the birthright of any great player to win a championship. Barkley never won. Malone never won. Stockton never won. It's Chris Paul still hasn't won. James Harden hasn't won. Russell Westbrook hasn't won. It's not the birthright of every great player. Hall of Fame caliber player to win a championship. It's hard as hell to win a championship. Even in Portland. You know, in Portland, Clyde Drexler all those years couldn't win a championship until he then was traded to Houston. 
I don't know why I brought that up because he ended up winning. But anyway, NBA fans feel like every great player, it's their birthright to win a championship. And the fact of the matter is, it's really hard to win a championship. And so the, the tweet continues, as a fan, you wouldn't be mad at the team for not capitalizing on a player's prime years? Well, it, it it's two things. Number one, okay, maybe I would be mad at the team if I felt like just terrible personnel moves. Like, the LA Angels right now. They're about to lose Otani. I'd probably be mad at the Angels where it's like, wow, you got Otani and Trout all these years. You can't figure out how to win with Otani and Trout? Like, I'd probably be mad about that. I'd probably be mad at the organization there. But again, the part about mad at the team not being able to capitalize, only one team wins the last game. One team wins the last game. That's it. It's really hard to win. And and the fact of the matter is, you know, wouldn't I still want that player to win? No. I, I'm, I'm not... Even if the team is to blame, here's the thing. I'm not going to stop being a fan of the team. I'm always going to be a fan of the team. And this is where it comes into play, and I always tell you guys this. I'm never going to be pro-player. I'm always going to be pro-team. Because the player at some... While the player's on my team, and in this case, Damian Lillard with the Trailblazers, while the player's on my team, his goal and my goal, they align. But the moment that the player doesn't want to play for my team anymore, our goals become different. And he's now out to do what's best for him, which is fine and great. But that's no longer best for me. I'm always going to be here rooting for the team. Once the player leaves, he's not with that team anymore. He's not rooting for them. He's not helping them anymore. I'm always going to be on the team side. And as a result, the player, and in this case, Damian Lillard, wants to do what's best for him, which again, fine and dandy. And what he wants to do, what's best for him, is go play for the Miami Heat and refuse to play for anyone else because he wants to make sure that he gets what he wants. Again, fine for him, terrible for the team, terrible for the fan. So, yeah, I get where the Blazer fan is coming from. And ultimately... It's going to result in me, Heat fan, getting what I want. Because, by the way, the Miami Heat have done nothing wrong. And the Miami Heat have played this very smart. And they're going to get Damian Lillard. And they're going to get him at the price that they want. So the Miami Heat, they're going to be the big winners. And they've done nothing wrong. But as a Blazer fan, I'm now the one who is going to suffer. Because since Lillard has only demanded one team... The Blazers are left with their you-know-what in their hand because there are no other offers out there. So Lillard's going to get what he wants, which is great for him, terrible for me as a fan. Even if he just listed two teams, like Bradley Beal did, who had no trade clause. Even if he just listed two teams, then they could pit the Suns and if it's the Heat or whoever else against each other and get the best deal. But because Lillard did it the way that he did it, The Blazers are going to get screwed. I'm going to be happy. I'm very hypocritical about it. I've told you guys that. I'm a huge hypocrite in this spot. Because I want what's best for my team. And that's the Miami Heat. But I could also step back for a second and understand the other perspective. 
And if I'm a Blazer fan, yeah, I think this situation sucks. And I don't love the way Damian Lillard handled it. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't root for players. I root for the team. I'm, I'm never going to be pro player. I'm always going to be pro team. And it's because of this. And you're like, I got this tweet here from Brian. When LeBron walked away, you, you wanted him to never win again out of spite. And I, I wrote back, yeah, I rooted desperately against him and the Cavaliers winning. No, I didn't root for LeBron when he left. Now, once he finally did win, it was only two years later, it's like, all right, this is an effort in futility. I don't really have to be rooting against him anymore. It's stupid. He, he's the big winner. Like, it worked out. But I rooted very hard against him winning. I didn't wish any ill will, but no, I didn't want him to win. And even when Dwayne Wade left, I'm always going to love Dwayne Wade. Did I want the Bulls to win? No. I don't root for anyone but the Heat. Did I want Wade to win when he went to the Cavs? No. I don't root for players. I don't root for players. I root for teams. I root for the players when they're on my team. But no, when the guy leaves my team, I, I, don't, I don't care if he wins. I'm rooting for the Heat. And the Blazer fan is rooting for the Blazers. And if Damian Lillard went about this a little bit different, and now I understand Lillard's mad. And it seems like he has a right to be mad. It seems like he was lied to by that Joe Cronin. I get it. And like I said, I'm happy with the way Damian Lillard is handling this. This is going to work out for me. And I'm a huge hypocrite as a fan. But... The Blazer fan, like, Lillard's going to move on. Joe Cronin's eventually going to get fired. And the Blazer fan is still Blazer fan. And their team sucks. And I get the frustration. So all around, the situation could have been handled different from the management, different from Lillard, where it works out in the best interest of everyone involved. And right now, it only looks like it's going to work out in the best interest of Damian Lillard. Which, again... He doesn't owe the team anything other than playing hard. And the team, conversely, doesn't owe Lillard anything other than his money. But because of those two things, the Blazer fan's the one who's going to wind up suffering here. So yeah, like, I get Trista's frustration. And I get the Blazer fan's frustration. But the part that's frustrating for Heat fans is everyone poo-pooing you know, what the Heat's potential offer would be. And everyone telling you Tyler Hero sucks, which get the fuck out of my face with that. He's awesome. Blazers would be lucky to have Tyler Hero. The Heat have done nothing wrong. And it sounds like, oh, Pat Riley, you got to offer more. Why? Why? Why does Pat Riley need to offer anything else if there's no other offer? Why would you bid against yourself? I mean, if, if, if someone's trying to hire me to come work for them... But nobody else wants me. Why would that company up their offer? Like, why would they... They offer me me $500,000. I haven't decided if I want to take it yet. They're... You know, I'm waiting for another another company to come in. I'm I'm waiting to see if another company's going to come in and make an offer. But no one else has. So, why would that company offer anything more? This is what we're offering. We'd like you to take it. We think it's fair. 
Can you find another offer? No? All right. Well, this is what we're offering. All right, so I'm going to take it. It's the same thing here with, with, with the Blazers. Why would the Heat up their offer if they don't have to? And they don't have to. And the fact of the matter is, the Blazers stunk last year with Lillard. They're going to stink this year with or without Lillard. The Miami Heat were in the NBA Finals last year. And no matter, and we all know, no matter what the Heat's seed is, they can get back to the Finals again, with or without Lillard. Guys, I've been telling you about Brunt Insurance for almost a year now. One of our original OG sponsors here on Zaslow Show 2.0. I love having Brunt Insurance on the show because not only do they get you the most affordable rate out there on your insurance, not only do they get you the most comprehensive care, but I love partnering with sponsors who I also use. It's my favorite part of doing this. I love being able to be honest and tell you guys I've been with Brunt Insurance for about 10 years now. I've been getting my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance for almost 10 years now. And if you're looking for homeowner's insurance, wherever you're calling from in Florida, number one rated insurance agency in the entire state of Florida, Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, wherever you're calling from, from Pensacola all the way down to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance has offices all throughout the state, so they know the area you're calling from. 954-589-2204 or go right now, bruntinsurance.com, and you're going to see you're going to get the most affordable care and the best coverage out there. You made the right call. 954-589-2204. Brunt Insurance, the team there has the expertise and the experience to find the perfect coverage for you, the most comprehensive policies, and not just on your home. Maybe, maybe you have a trailer. Maybe you have a motorhome. Do you need car insurance, motorcycle, boaters insurance? Like I said, I get my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance, but they specialize in all of these insurances. 954-589-2204. There are too many options out there for you to do it on your own. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, they specialize in making the confusing, all the options out there crystal clear. Fully licensed staff, they're going to help you every step of the way. 954-589-2204. Bruntinsurance.com. All right. So we gave you a little bit there. Heat Twitter, lay off a Trista. Well, you know, I don't care. She's a big girl. Do whatever you want with it. Say whatever you want to Trista Crick. She can handle it. But I'm just telling you, I get the perspective. I do. I'm also a big hypocrite because I'm okay with the way that it's being handled because it's going to work out for me as a fan and for my team. All right. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. He's coming up in a little bit here. We're going to get some fantasy football help for tonight. Moving forward this weekend, we'll talk to him about the game tonight, Giants and Niners. We'll talk to him about the Dolphins and Broncos. We'll get the uh, you know waiver wire injuries, all that good kind of stuff. We also have, it's Thursday. We also have Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. But first, I meant to get to this yesterday. I forgot. I'm sorry. There's probably so many of you guys out there like, Zaslow, it was Wednesday. You didn't tell me. Which teams out there, which teams' fan bases are having good times and which right now are having hard times, Daddy? Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. 
That's hard times. That's right. Thank you, Dusty. So good times, hard times normally comes every Wednesday. We tell you going into week three, which fan bases right now are having good times and which fan bases are having hard times, daddy. So we start out with the top three fan base. I don't, I don't count the Dolphins because there's bias there. I know, I know Dolphin fans having good times right now. But the three teams that are having good times right now amongst their fan bases. Number three, the Atlanta Falcons fan. The Atlanta Falcons fan is having good times. They're 2-0. Desmond Ritter, Brian Robinson. They're getting good play on both sides of the ball. They love that Arthur Smith and that mustache. They love the offense going on there. And in a very winnable division, you got Tampa Bay and Atlanta sitting atop there at 2-0. Carolina 0-2. You got, the, you got the Saints there. <coughs> They're 2-0 as well. But hey, this is a very winnable division. And the Falcon fan right now, they're having good times. Number two, the second fan base having good times right now. I just mentioned them. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We thought this was going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Baker Mayfield is 2-0. For the first time in his career, the former number one overall pick had never been 2-0 until he's the quarterback for Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right now, the Bucks fam, unexpectedly, is having good times. And the number one fan base right now that's having good times through the first two weeks of the season, the Dallas Cowboy fan. The Dallas Cowboy fan loves to talk Loves to peacock around. And you know in my power rankings, you can go back and listen earlier in the week. Every Tuesday we do Zaslow Show 2.0 power rankings. And in this week's power rankings, the Dallas Cowboys, they remain, they hold steady at number three overall in the NFL. They have outscored their opponents, the New York teams, by a total of 70-10. to 10. The number one fan base going through good times right now, Dallas Cowboys fan. Now, the top three teams fan base who are having hard times, daddy. Number three, Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are the first team ever through two weeks who have scored as many as 58 points and are 0-2. That's right. They lost week one to the Dolphins, 36-34. They lost week two to Tennessee, 27-24. Brandon Staley, if they go 0-3, losing to Minnesota this week, does he get fired? It feels like every year the Chargers, they got high hopes, they got a ton of talent, and the fan base is always let down. Number three fan base going through hard times right now, Daddy, Chargers fan. Number two fan base going through hard times right now, the Chicago Bears fan. I mean, what the hell is going on with the Chicago Bears? Yesterday, you got Justin Fields, who blames the coaching staff for his robotic play, in the morning, you had the defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, out of nowhere resign. Then we find out the FBI maybe raided his home, which is a totally weird situation because in a statement that the team that he put out thanked everybody in glowing terms, he said that he's stepping aside, focused on his health and his family, but did say that he plans on coaching again and has also hired an attorney. So something is not on the up and up. The Bears fan. Is having hard times, daddy. And the number one fan base right now who is going through hard times, yeah, the Cleveland Browns fan. I almost feel bad for Cleveland Browns fan. If I cared about them at all, I would feel bad about, th- about what's happening right there in Cleveland. Nick Chubb, catastrophic injury. 
Deshaun Watson, you kind of reap what you sow in that spot. And I don't want to hear about, all right, you know, Nick Chubb losing Nick Chubb. Well, hey, I mean, how could you possibly recover from that if you're the Browns? Well, you gave your quarterback $250 million guaranteed. I would say as long as the quarterback's out there, the expectation better be to make the playoffs. But the thing is, Deshaun Watson, he sucks now. So the hardest times right now are being had by the Browns fan. So good times, Falcons fans, Bucks fans, Cowboys fans, hard times, daddy, Chargers fans, Bears fans, Browns fans. All right, really good job by the producers putting that segment together. Again, I apologize. I, I hope you were able to sleep okay last night. I, you, I, we're supposed to do good times, hard times, daddy, on Wednesdays. And, and I forgot, I guess, you know, and, and you may have been laying awake at night and you couldn't fall asleep. But maybe that's also because you don't have sheets and giggles. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I get the best sleep of my life with sheets and giggles. They're naturally softer, the most breathable, more moisture wicking than cotton sheets. So cool. I get the best sleep of my life with sheets and giggles, irresistibly soft eucalyptus sheets with a unique satin weave the sheets at sheets and giggles are not only soft but also breathable you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long the zaslow family and now you when you go to sheetsgiggles.com you're going to be one of a hundred over a hundred thousand americans who are sleeping on sheets and giggles and never turning back again one of the og sponsors of zaslow show 2.0 sheets and giggles one of my favorites, my wife, oh my, you know, there's a lot of things my wife is really happy about in the Zaslow Mansion bedroom, but maybe at the top of the list is how well she sleeps on our Sheets and Giggles sheets. Again, SheetsGiggles.com, and if this is your first purchase from Sheets and Giggles, go to SheetsGiggles.com, use promo code Zaslow at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, Sheets and Giggles, SheetsGiggles.com. It is Thursday Let's get to our Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. Now, every Wednesday night, and then again on Thursday, I'll send out, I'll send out a, a, like a reminder. You can always hit me up at Zaslow Show or at Zaslow J on Instagram, where I'm an influencer, of course. And I'll answer questions about anything. So I got a few questions here. This question here is from Mike, uh, Mike in West Palm. Who will be the last undefeated team in the NFL and why is it the Dolphins? Well, look, I, I'm I'm not going to include the Dolphins here because then it, it, it's such a major bias, all right? So let's take the Dolphins out of the picture. And our other 2-0 teams are Baltimore, Dallas, Philadelphia, Washington, Atlanta, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, San Francisco. So, wow, we have seven, eight, nine 2-0 teams so far. So... Let's see for this weekend's games. Do I think any of them are going to get knocked off? Uh, You know, the Ravens, I expect them to remain undefeated. Niners tonight. Dolphins. Falcons could definitely get knocked off this weekend. Commanders are going to get knocked off this weekend. Saints are going to get knocked off this weekend. Uh, Cowboys there. Nope, Cowboys, they're going to win this weekend. So I think after this weekend, we're still going to have... Oh, and and Eagles or Bucks are going to lose. Probably the Bucks. I think after this weekend, we're still going to have the Eagles, Cowboys, Dolphins, and Ravens undefeated. So, of those, and and 49ers. So, I mean, of those teams, I'll probably go 49ers. After this week, the 49ers are hosting the Cardinals. 
Then they have the Cowboys, so you'll get one of those teams. I would expect the Niners to win at home there. I- I'm, I'm going to go the Niners. It kind of feels like I'm going with going chalk, but I'll go the Niners. Chris asks, all right, Chris has a rule change for the NBA that he wants. Chris hates it where the teams can roll the ball down the floor in order to save time, and then when they pick up the ball, then the clock starts running. Now, of course, in the final two mi- or the final minute, the overall clock doesn't run. But any other time in the game, it's just the shot clock that doesn't run until he picks it up. Well, Chris wants to propose a rule change. <coughs> he wants the clock to start when the ball hits the floor. Would anyone be against that? Well, I would be against that. I find it annoying, too, when they do it in the game. It's just to save the shot clock. But I'm against it because what if there's, like, one second left in the game, you're inbounding the ball under the basket... And you want to make a bounce pass to a guy who's cutting to the hoop. So the clock's going to start when the ball hits the ground instead of when it touches his hands and he has enough time to lay it in. So I I understand it's annoying, but I do not, I'm not okay with the clock starting when the ball hits the ground. Another one, what if there's one second left and you have the ball, but you have the lead and you know the other team wants to foul your guy when you pass it to him? Well, maybe I'll just spike the ball straight down on the floor so the ball flies up in the air and the clock expires. See, I don't like that. So I'm not good with that rule change, Chris. All right, this question here is from Joe. He asks, is the bloodline story losing steam? All right, the bloodline, of course, is WWE. I don't believe... Well, okay, I do believe it's lost steam, but I still like what's happening because they've kind of split it up. Jey Uso is now on Raw. He's got his own storyline going on there. You got Jimmy, who's trying to work his way back into the bloodline, but it's about him trying to get back in the good graces, really, with Solo. And Roman Reigns has been off television. So eventually, Roman's going to come back, and it's going to be awesome. So I do think it's lost some steam, but I like the direction they're going in. Okay. And finally, one more question here. This is from my man, Steven. Why do you think other small-time wrestling promotions didn't seek out a Netflix documentary like this Ohio Valley promotion I never heard of until the series. Okay, so Steven is talking about the new series on Netflix called Wrestlers, which came out last week. It's about Ohio Valley Wrestling, which, by the way, I know you're saying, Steven, you've never heard of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Ohio Valley Wrestling was essentially NXT. Ohio Valley Wrestling was... A feeder system for WWE. Matter of, you, know, you had that very famous class that came out of Ohio Valley Wrestling where they were training Brock Lesnar, Batista, Randy Orton, and John Cena all at the same time. Ohio Valley Wrestling is actually a very famous promotion. But WWE ended that agreement many years ago. They started up NXT, which essentially replaced OVW. So OVW is actually very famous, but they haven't been relevant in a long time for the reason that I just told you. Now... I know about this doc. I haven't sat down and watched it yet. I'm going to. But my guy, Matt Jones, Kentucky Sports Radio, who's also on ESPN Radio. He hosts every Sunday, 10 to 1, leading up to the NFL games. I've done a couple shows with him as well, filling in. Matt Jones, a few years ago, bought Ohio Valley Wrestling. He is co-owner, and he's one of the stars, obviously, in the documentary. So I haven't gotten around to watching it yet. I hear it is excellent. And I'm not just saying that because, you know, I like Matt. He's, that's my guy right there. I haven't seen it yet. I have heard the show is fantastic. 
So why do I think that Netflix chose OV, OVW? The way Matt told me was, Matt is the one who brought the idea to them. Matt brought the idea to Netflix. And like Matt tells it, he gave them unprecedented access where he gave them access to everything. There's nothing is off limits. And like he also said, most wrestling promotions are not going to allow that. He did. So that's, so he brought the idea to them and likely because of that and him giving all access is why they chose OVW. So there you have it. And that right there is another edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailback. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program. You know, we're talking about Johnny Cuba, European roots with that Caribbean soul. We look for down here, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's how I enjoyed Inter Miami last night with their 4-0 victory. A Johnny Cuba in my hand. If you need to pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, right now your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco e Moss. I always tell you guys, you got to remember to drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Our pal is CBS Sports fantasy football expert, Jamie Eisenberg, joining us here. He joins us every Thursday. Uh, Jamie, what what happened with the Chicago Bears yesterday? So you, you got the Justin Field situation, which, I mean, seems pretty stupid when you're the quarterback, you're the face of the team, you, and you go out there and you're blaming your play on the coaching staff. And then on top of that, we're not even a thousand percent sure on what happened with the defensive coordinator who we, we know he resigned in the morning, but you got all kinds of crazy reports out there. What the hell is going on in Chicago? Uh, a lot of mess. Uh, first off the defensive coordinator situation. I don't even know what to say about that. You know, it's just uh, obviously a huge distraction whenever you can, can you imagine just, you know, an FBI raid happening um, and what that means for, you know, that, that franchise and everything that's going on there in terms of, um, Justin Fields, though, I don't actually mind what he did because I think at some point something's got to change. And they clearly made the commitment to him when they decided they weren't going to draft a quarterback and they traded the pick and trying to put pieces around him. The thing that I don't quite understand, and it's just this is a play calling thing, is his athleticism is what's going to help your team win. So four design runs through two games is a disaster to me. You know, you have to let him be who he is. And so trying to force him to be a pocket passer at this point just doesn't make a lot of sense. So does that mean you want him running like crazy because we saw last year he got hurt? Probably not. And that's not why you go get a DJ more. But you still have to allow him to be a little bit more of a playmaker. And so he does need to clean up his play. He obviously has to, you know, be a little bit more mature on the field, off the field from a leadership standpoint. You know, you never want to bring that stuff to the media. But I don't mind him questioning some of the things that are going on. He probably just got caught in an honest moment. And that's why he wanted to bring the media back and, sort of readdress what was said or, you know, clarify what was said. But I just think what's happening with his play right now is somewhat a byproduct of some poor coaching decisions. Are we still starting him moving forward? So it comes down to who you have. You know, I think if you drafted Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins, it's easy to pivot to Cousins. He's been awesome through two games. Geno Smith this week, I would start Geno. Jared Goff, same thing, you know, just quarterbacks that are playing a little bit better. But you know, for me, I drafted a lot of Justin Fields. I'm not going to make a move to go get a Brock Purdy, for example, or a trade to go get a Jordan Love, those type of things. You know, I'm going to stick with Fields, and I just hope that this game in particular, they're probably going to get blown out. I mean, they're going to an arrowhead. This, you know, even if he was playing great, that'd probably be the situation. Anyway, you hope for some garbage time and that they allow him, again, to be a little bit more of a playmaker. So we, we had a couple moves made over the last couple days. 
You had Kareem Hunt. He's now with Cleveland again. You had Cam Akers traded yesterday to Minnesota. What do we make of those two moves? Well, clearly Cleveland was going to add somebody after they lost Nick Chubb, which was just totally unfortunate. You know, what a you know player he's been, and I hope he can come back and still play at a high level, but a devastating knee injury at this point in his career is tough to come back from. So Jerome Ford is going to be their guy, but he's unproven. And so you had a guy in the street that was in their system for four years and, you know, might still have something left to offer, but he was on the street this long for a reason. And they decided to let him go, probably monetary, but also, you know, wanting to see somebody different. So we'll see what happens for the next couple of weeks. And it's a really difficult stretch of games for the Browns. Even Nick Chubb would probably struggle to whatever extent you think Nick Chubb struggles, but they get the Titans this week, one of the best run defenses, then the Ravens, then I believe it's a bye, and then the 49ers. So these three games are just as brutal as you can get from a running game standpoint. So I just hope to see Jerome Ford, because a lot of people invested in him, come through those three games at least doing the right thing from a coaching standpoint, and they don't make a switch to go to Kareem Hunt. But you should still be adding both those guys. In Minnesota, Alexander Madison has struggled, and I hope this is a week where he sort of can establish himself or maybe reestablish himself as the guy there. Two tough matchups to open the season, and now this is sort of a soft landing spot. At home against the Chargers, their run defense under Brandon Staley for the most part has been horrific. But really just I'm rooting for Alexander Madison because if you've been following the story, you know, after what happened in the game against the Eagles, he had a fumble. He got some racist messages, which is just never something anybody should have to deal with, and certainly an NFL player after a poor game. It's not like he's out there trying to screw things up. So you kind of root for him a little bit, you know, so that he comes out and has a big game. And so from a football standpoint, from a personal standpoint, I hope he does well against the the Chargers and can hold on to that starting job because I don't think Cam Akers really at this point is that good. Do you think we'll see either of those teams try and get in the race for Jonathan Taylor in a couple weeks? Um, I would not be surprised if the Browns did, but they don't really have a lot of draft capital knowing that they gave up a lot to get Deshaun Watson. So that might be a little bit more difficult. And then for the Vikings, if they fall to 0-3, they might be selling as opposed to buying. And I don't know if they're going to be buying a running back. So, you know, barring again, something crazy happening, you know, if they get hot and decide that they want to address the running back position, really, I still think the most likely scenario for a Jonathan Taylor trade is the Dolphins, because just knowing what they have started so far not that Raheem Oster has been bad by any stretch but he's a 31 year old running back and now you lose Savon Ackman maybe for this week and Jeff Wilson's still on the pup list to me getting Jonathan Taylor if you're going to go all in and make a Super Bowl run would probably make some sense would you figure a team like the Jets may make a call to Minnesota about Kirk Cousins I would think so you know you just don't typically see trades like that happen but you know the the thing that would make the most sense if you're both parties per se uh is the Vikings try and see if they can right the ship because they were the division champion last year and can they get back on track, you know, knowing that their offense has played well? They just had some poor turnovers and their defense still a work in progress under Brian Flores. Uh, but if things go south, you could probably still get a first round pick for him. If you're the Jets, you see if you can win against the Patriots, which we know they're own to and, and struggle a little bit. And then if you buy some time, get close to the trade deadline, the price cost in terms of not not draft pick cost comes down because it's a one year rental. And then you don't have to pay as much. The Vikings eat some of that salary. So they'll probably try and, you know, play that out as best they can. But yeah, I think the Jets trying to make a call to Minnesota if they can get Kirk Cousins maybe for a second round pick and a conditional something else, that might make some sense. Jamie, tonight we got the Giants at 49ers. It's on Prime Video at 8.15. Niners are a 10.5 point favorite. You, you got to figure, it, you had a great second half offensively from Daniel Jones last week. This figures to be a game where the Giants are going to be trailing a whole lot. So what do we make of the Giants offense? I, I imagine Daniel Jones is probably a good play then tonight. 
I can't trust them after what we saw in week one against a similar type of defense, an aggressive front that just put him on his back seven times and hit him, you know, probably 15 other times. So Andrew Thomas is out, their left tackle, no Saquon Barkley. I mean, this is just, you know, pin your ears back and go get the quarterback, you know, for Nick Bosa and, and that group. So to me, Daniel Jones is in a rough spot. Um, you know, Darren Waller is going to struggle, but you're starting him because of the position he plays. And really what I'd like to see is they're two young receivers because, you know, while Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton and some of those guys, Paris Campbell, have some opportunities to still make plays, they're starting to get Jalen Hyatt more involved, which is fun. So, you know, maybe just, you know, be creative with him. And then Wanda Robinson is going to make his debut, at least that's the expectation coming back from the ACL tear last year. He had some good moments before getting hurt. So to me, I'd like to see those two guys get some 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 chances from Daniel Jones. But while he may throw the ball a lot, he just was pummeled in week one. And I think he's going to get pummeled again in this matchup. And I imagine where all systems go on San Francisco's side. Yeah, just keep an eye on Brandon Ayuk. You know, he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, as long as he is in, he's still in the third receiver conversation. But if he's out, it should be a finally a breakout game for George Kittle, who's really struggled through the first two weeks. Uh, what we typically saw last year for Brock Purdy was a small sample size, but he wasn't able to keep all three guys afloat, which is probably hard for a lot of quarterbacks. But when you have Debo Samuel, Ayuk, and George Kittle, and then that running back there, somebody's going to lose. And for the most part, it was George Kittle, and that's been the case of the first two weeks. So the minute Ayuk got hurt in that game, it was a couple targets right to George Kittle's direction. So I think he's the guy that benefits the most if Ayuk's not there. And if you're just looking at it from you know Christian McCaffrey's standpoint, uh, make sure you have uh, Elijah Mitchell picked up just because we saw star running back go down, next man up. You don't want to leave these guys leaving on the waiver wire. Let's, let's look at the Dolphins. Dolphins at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Dolphins and Broncos. What do we like on each side? Love the Dolphins. Obviously, you know, it's hard to get away from this offense. I know Tua didn't have a big game against the Patriots, but they tried to take him away, and that opened up things for Raheem Mostert. So uh, he's actually my starter of the week this week. So going back to the Dolphins, well, second time in three weeks, it seemed to have worked out the first time when Tua went for over 400 yards and was the best quarterback in fantasy. So why not? Uh, but most was coming off a two-touchdown game. The Broncos' run defense was abysmal last week against Brian Robinson, and this is a much tougher offense to defend. So as long as Jalen Waddle's healthy, it's all systems go for those four main guys, the two receivers, the quarterback, and the running back. And for Denver, look, it's uh, coming off a big game for Russell Wilson, but you got to kind of look at it and see how it happened. You know, if you didn't watch the game, he got a 50-yard Hail Mary at the end of it that sort of boosted his fantasy production. He's actually the number three quarterback in fantasy, but I'm always a big fan of narratives, and this is the Vic Fangio game against his former team that fired him. So... Not that it's the same coaching staff and he's got a good relationship with Sean Payton, but I'm sure he'd like to remind the Broncos faithful what they gave up on if his defense can show up, and I think they will. So don't really love a lot of the Broncos. Jamonte Williams is a flex. Jerry Judy, the third receiver. Outside of that, though, I'd probably stay away. Jamie, who are some sneaky plays at running back and wide receiver that you like this weekend? So keep an eye on the situation with the Chargers. Joshua Kelly started last week with Eckler out, and he did not play well, but that was a tough matchup against the Titans. So keep that in mind for Jerome Ford this week. But if he does get the start again against Minnesota, it's the highest projected point total. The Vikings run defense has not been great. And I think Joshua Kelly with the same opportunities would be a good number two running back this week. Obviously, I'm not going to, you know, uh, break any news here, but play the Rams guys at this point. Um, Kyron Williams was awesome last week against the 49ers. He's got the job now without Cam Akers there. Uh, you should be starting him without hesitation. And the same thing with Puka Nakua. Um, it's not a fluke. You know, this Rams offense, we've seen it with Cooper Cup. We're seeing it now with Nakua. When Matthew Stafford's healthy, they're going to have to find a guy that does what this guy does and feature him quite a bit. And so 35 targets through two games, 20 catches, he's getting the job done, should be in your lineup. And then the other guy there on the same team is Tutu Atwell. So uh, you should be starting him. It's a bad week for running backs, Zaz, because just, you know, with all the injuries and some really tough matchups, I think one guy, though, um, I kind of changed my opinion on just because of an injury. So Justice Hill is dealing with potential turf toe. Gus Edwards, who doesn't work in the passing game, but will get the rushing opportunities and maybe now a few more. 
The Indy run defense has actually been pretty good, but Edwards should get again a boost in touches, and so they're expected to win. I think they're they're a touchdown favorite, at least at least six or seven points. Uh, that should lead to a lot of carries for Gus Edwards, so I like him in that matchup. And who are some of the bigger names that, I mean, obviously you're going to start them this week, but maybe if you have other options, you, you would think about it. You just don't love them this weekend. The two main Jets guys, I'm still a little bit hesitant with Brees Hall. You know, I just want to see a little bit more. Uh, not a lot of work last week, obviously, but the score probably dictated that in a tough matchup. But the Patriots will sell out to stop the run. And still Garrett Wilson, I know he scored last week. It was great, but, you know, 71-yard slant. He only had two catches in that game, so tough to trust him still fully. But, again, you're starting him. I actually have some optimism for Kyle Pitts. It's been a frustrating start, clearly, with uh, the lack of pass attempts in his direction. We did see Desmond Ritter throw a little bit last week. But they're playing a Lions team that has allowed, so far, the most receiving yards to tight ends. And that was without facing Travis Kelsey in week one. So they're kind of vulnerable there, and they're missing a couple guys on defense. So this is an opportunity, I hope, for Kyle Pitts to get back into the good graces of fantasy managers. If not, you really have to you know, be a little bit concerned. Um, I'll stick with the Gators theme there. Damian Pierce uh, has had a rough start to the season. It's hard to necessarily bench him across the board, but this Jaguars run defense has actually been decent so far through two games, and I think it'll be tough for Pierce. He's not playing as much as you'd like, so another guy you might want to sit. And then just uh, a guy coming off a big game. I don't know if he's necessarily a must-start guy yet, but Zach Moss should have been added across the board. He played 98% of the snaps for the Colts. But playing against Baltimore is going to be a difficult, difficult matchup by comparison to the, to the Texans, and I think Moss should be on your bench this week, but definitely on your roster. And, Jamie, who do we need to keep an eye on the next couple of days as far as injuries go? The two guys in Green Bay again. You know, Christian Watson and Aaron Jones still dealing with hamstring injuries, so hopefully both will be back. I don't really want to trust A.J. Dillon if Aaron Jones is out again and just be a little bit cautious about those uh, those Packers receivers because one week it was Romeo Dobbs, one week it was Jaden Reed, but hopefully Watson is back out there. Again, the Eckler situation, you want to see if he's going to play. Hopefully he's back, you know, playing this week in a, in a great matchup, but if he's not, I uh, do like the situation for Joshua Kelly. Anthony Richardson, you know, got to clear the concussion protocol. The biggest one, though, is probably in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, not just because it's him, but clearly what he means to the rest of the receivers there and Joe Mixon. Uh, but it's also a Monday night game, so you got to make some tough calls. Like, I have one league where I have Brock Purdy tonight and Joe Burrow. Unless he's practicing in full, I'm just going to play Purdy not to take any chances. Uh, but Matthew Stafford's available in a lot of leagues. He's got back-to-back -back games of 300-plus yards. Again, his receivers are playing well. So that's a good sort of handcuff-marry situation you could do is get – Matthew Stafford on your team. If for whatever reason Joe Burrow's ruled inactive Monday night, you just plug Stafford in there and hopefully you can find a couple touchdowns. Excellent job as always, Jamie. Tell everybody how they can hear you leading up to the game tonight and everything going on Sunday. Yeah, you can check out our podcast, Fantasy Football Today, uh, on YouTube. Uh, you can watch us there. You can find us wherever podcasts are available. And then CBS Sports HQ, it's our 24-hour streaming network. We'll give you props. We'll give you DFS lineups. We'll give you starts and sits, waiver wire stuff throughout the week. So we got you covered with all your fantasy needs. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate it, man. You got it, man. Thank you. Excellent job by Jamie Eisberg. Hope he was able to help you a little bit for tonight, a little bit for this weekend, of course, as well. And he joins us every Thursday as we get the fantasy football tips and get everybody ready this week for week three. All right. Before we get going, before we continue on here, excuse me, I got to let you guys know it's September, but we still got all kinds of sizzling summer deals going on. At the only car dealership I personally endorse, you know I'm talking about North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. If you're in the market for a new car, you can't decide where to go. Luckily, you're listening to your boy right now. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the only car dealership I personally endorse. And that's because they carry the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for. It could be the Forester, the Ascent, WRX, Outback, Crosstrek. 
You want a spacious SUV from Subaru for the family, or maybe just a Subaru sedan for your daily commute. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru has the perfect model for you. You always get more at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Guaranteed most money for your trade and lifetime warranty included on all North Fort Lauderdale Subaru vehicles. Shop nflsubaru.com right from your home. nflsubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. nflsubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. First up here for you. How about this news? You know the merger became official with Endeavor, WWE, UFC, and the first big move, WWE SmackDown, is moving from Fox back to USA Network. It's going back to NBC Universal starting in a year from now, October of 2024. SmackDown moves back to USA, and part of the deal, four or five times throughout the year, it's a five-year deal. NBC is going to bring back Saturday night's main event, which is awesome. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Good morning football this morning, NFL Network. I love that show. Here's Tom Pelissero. He's talking about Justin Fields. You heard we talked about it. I talked about it in good times, hard times, and of course there with Jamie Eisenberg. Here's Tom Pelissero, NFL Network, talking about Justin Fields' comments yesterday. That after the initial remarks, Justin Fields very quickly went to his coaches, including offensive coordinator Luke Getze and quarterbacks coach Andrew Ginocco. Fields apologized, said that he did not mean it the way that it came out. They had a very brief discussion, and then everybody went back to work. Internally, it was emphasized to me that there are no issues. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going big deal because, look, despite what Jamie said to us, the Bears were terrible last year. The Bears were terrible last year with Justin Fields able to roam around and improvise and be free and do whatever he wants. So, it's bad enough for the face of the team to come out and blame the coaches after the second week. You gotta be a little bit smarter than that. But I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Good morning football this morning. Also, how about Peter Schrager again? Second week in a row, gushing about the Miami Dolphins. And specifically here, the pass that Tua threw to Braxton Berrios late in the first half last week. The best offense might not have put up the best points. I love watching the Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a weekly segment. Guys, I'm so excited to show you this route from Braxton Berrios at the end of the first half. I don't know if I've ever seen this. Watch Berrios and watch what he does here and look at the touch that Tua has. They're up seven, end of the first half. Berrios fully spins and turns his back and does like a 180. And then look at the touch here and just drops it in the bucket. Yeah. What, look at it on the broadcast copy, and then look at it one more time here. Barrios was a full spin. His back is to the, yeah, to the quarterback. Loses he the guy. spins, and you just have to trust that the ball is going to be there. And he threads the needle. Tyreek's still right there. Mm. It's so perfect. Drops it in the bucket. The pass is great. The catch is great. The, the play design is great. I'm going big deal. Love the Dolphins getting the – I love them getting the attention on a national level, but also – they're like the most fun team in the league. So I'm going big deal. Excellent job out of you, Peter Schrager. Speaking of excellent job, yesterday was Wednesday, which means on first take, Stephen A. Smith is always joined by Christopher Mad Dog Russo, the greatest. And everybody knows, I love how everybody now, especially people they're working with, they're understanding the shtick. They get him. 
Everyone loves him now, and that includes Marcus Spears, who was on the set as well. I mean, he loved Chris Russo's plan for this Saturday, how he's going to watch Colorado and Oregon, including getting sauced up on the gummies. So I am going to I'll get a run in. I'll take the two dogs, Bo and Riley, for a walk. At about 12 o'clock, I'll sit down, I'll make an early cocktail, I'll cut a gummy in half. What's Gummy. A gummy. I'll cut a gummy in yeah, half. Keep listening. I'll cut that? a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like the Florida State quarterback. I'll do something there. At about 325, what? when I'm sauced, I'm not driving in the house, 325, I'll put the call in the Fat Rob. 718-504. I'll put the call in the Fat Rob. Rob, you know what? What the hell? I can't root for Oregon. All right. And I'll pretend on TV. Put... Ten dimes on Colorado. It's by Colorado and Dion. That's been a game. So by 325, I'll be sitting down with my shorts, little T-shirt, cocktail. I'll have the other half a gummy. Oh, you save it for later? I'll have half. I half. thought you were just rationing. I'm going big deal. That sounds like a good time. I'll hang out, watch Colorado and, uh, and Oregon, pop a half a gummy, make myself a cocktail. Dog sounds like he's about to have a great Saturday afternoon. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. 98.5 The Sports Hub in Boston. Tony Maserati, how about the way Boston Sports Radio is reacting right now to the Patriots at 0-2? What coach across the league needs to be fired right now? And are there any more than one? Is it is it a list of two or three or just one? Who? Bill Belichick. No. Brandon Staley right and now. Bill Belichick. Right yes. now. Yes, right now. Right now. He doesn't fired I, right I, now. Yes, why are you surprised? I said I would fire him three years ago. Right now. Yeah. Oh, bye. Done. Same See you a, later. Same answer as Maz. Is this going to get better? It's not. So he's got to go. It should have already happened. The only reason it hasn't happened is because of that stupid shit. Should have happened record. three years ago, Maz. Well, okay, two. After the Cam Newton year? Uh, one. Well, no, in, one, in, no. In, in, retros- in retrospect, yes. Yes, they should have. Kraft should have said, Tom, what do you want? And if he said, I want Bill gone, oh, I want oh, Josh oh. to be head coach? No, no, no. Four years ago. So I'm sorry. I'm just confusing the years. When Brady was walking out the door, that's fine. That's fair. Yeah, in hindsight yeah. now, Kraft should have been like, Tom, whatever you want. Yep. Who do you want as coach? You can do whatever you want. Whatever. Fine. Okay, but I'll tell you what. I'll even build in the cushion because Bill is Bill. So so last year was a fireable offense. You bet. Last year was a fireable offense. So do it now? Offense. Do it today on the off day? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm for it. Same yeah. answer. See you later. Staley and Belichick. I'm going oh. not a big deal. I mean, I told you at the start of the week. I, I, I'd say I would fire Bill Belichick. I mean, what the hell do I care, but... Most overrated coach there is. Most overrated coach there is. And this is, I'm going not a big deal as well because they're not firing him because they think he sucks necessarily. They're firing him because they should have kept Tom Brady over him. It's really the case that they're making there. So I'm going not a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Yes. All right. Hope everybody enjoys the game tonight. Thursday night football, Giants 49ers. I hope you listen tonight. I will be filling in. I'm going to be hosting 7 to 10 p.m. ESPN Radio alongside my former and favorite co-host, Amber Wilson. That's tonight, 7 to 10 p.m. I'll be on Amber and Ian, and I'm co-hosting with Amber Wilson. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you guys listen. Thanks to everybody who helped put together a great show today. Can't do it without you. Uh, you guys work so hard behind the scenes. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. And, of course, today's show was brought to us by Bet Online. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means.
Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six-packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.